Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Twelve months ago, I stood at the front and told you all that I bought this book. Lean in 15. Look how pristine it is. Look how untouched the book is. This man, Joe Wicks, was the biggest selling author last year for mugs like me. He sold over a million pounds worth of books. And this year, he's brought a new one out. Just after Christmas, when you're feeling a bit fat and podgy, you can get yourself lean in 15 minutes, apparently. I lost a couple of pounds over the year. I think that was more accidental than anything else. And I probably put it back on over Christmas. But why do we do this kind of thing where we set up ourselves every year, we reset the clock, we restart again, we say sorry for the old, we start again, and each year we kind of start this new kind of program and activity, and we keep on kind of setting up these strategies for change. Well, I've got something today which is better than Joe Wicks. I've got something today that I believe could change your life. In fact, I believe it will change your life. In fact, it will change your perspective on life if you allow it to do so. I've got something today that if you want to take this on board, it will change the way you see what you do every single day. That's not a false promise. That's something that you need to respond to. So you are, are you up for it? I'll try over this side. Are you up for it? Fantastic. So let's see what we can get up with today. Um, here we go from Luke chapter 5. I want to just read to you a bit of scripture about Jesus when he called his disciples. One day, it should be on the screens here, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. This time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as they were, as were the others with them. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. That sentence there, they left everything. They just got their biggest catch of their life, their family business. They get back to shore and they walk away and they follow Jesus. I don't know about you, but what does that statement look like for you today? Could I leave everything and follow Jesus? Could I walk away from all my possessions, belongings, what I do, the job I have and follow Jesus? What does that mean for me? Let's pray, shall we, and see what God wants to say to us today. Lord, I want to pray in this idea of calling and adventure. Lord, may you speak to us this morning. Speak through me. Use my words that we may understand better your calling on our lives and the purpose you've given to each one of us. Our desire is to follow you. And we're sorry where sometimes life gets in the way of our purpose. Help to redress that balance today, we pray, Father God. Amen. Oh, man. I don't know what you think when you hear this word calling. 
And someone says, have you got a calling on your life? It's someone's a bit of an American phrase. You know, have you got the word from God yet? Have you heard the call on your life? And I don't know what you kind of um, think when you see that word or hear that word. For me, I always go immediately, not to a passage of Scripture, but to the scene in the Blues Brothers. You might know this one, those of you who are old enough. The scene where Jake and Elwood Blues, the Blues Brothers, have this moment where they're in a church and there's this light streaming through the window down the aisle. And he does, he does cartwheels all the way down the aisle. And James Brown is on the stage and the choir are singing. And they stand in the light and they say, I'm on a mission from God. Some of you don't even know that film. And you're thinking, I never want to see that film in my life. But it's this kind of almost extreme theatrical moment where God speaks. And we're like, Wow. Or maybe you think the call of God comes to this big voice that kind of echoes, and I'm talking to you, Jordan. Are you listening? It's like it's some echoey thing going on. It's like, whoa. Or maybe you're expecting some kind of biblical thing where there's like writing on the wall and there's like a finger, mene, mene, tekel. And you're like, oh, I'll be like, Daniel. Or maybe you're a bit high tech and you're looking for the smart billboards you drive down the motorway. You expect them to speak to you. Sim, pull over. The call is about to be displayed on this screen. Maybe that's, I don't know what you expect when you think of a call on your life. Maybe you've never seen anything or heard anything, and maybe you're desperate to know what you're about and what your purpose is, or maybe you're confident in who you are. This year, we are going on a year of adventure. Buckle up, people, because this is going to be fun. We're going to do some things we've never done before. The concept here is simple. We want, as Freedom Church, corporately to go on an adventure together, but we also want to encourage you What is the adventure that God has taken you on? What is the call that he is shouting out to you? Come and join me on this adventure. Our lives of faith should always be exciting. They should always be adventurous. And so we've got some great speakers coming. We've mentioned about Dwayne coming on Wednesday. We've got Gavin Calver coming next Sunday from the Evangelical Alliance. Please bring your friends along. He's got an incredible uh, ability to speak to those who haven't got any faith and want to follow Jesus. He will, he will get you all saved again if you're not saved already. And bring along friends to that. We've got Kathy Madavan coming later in the year. We've got um, Chris Kandai from Home for Good. We've got so many different people coming because we want to inspire you to what God might do in your life. This idea of having an adventure. So this next few weeks, we're going to talk about this topic, adventure awaits. It's like this preparation for a trip. We've tried to decorate the stage until Elspeth uh, wrecked it single-handedly. Uh, just by, Don't touch Elspeth. But we've got this idea of adventure. We want to go on an adventure together. What does it look like for you and for me? It's not about whitewater rafting or jumping out of planes. If you want to do that, make sure you get a qualified instructor. Don't just take my word for it. But that might be your idea of adventure. Maybe you want to do something outrageous, but maybe it's something actually that stretches you beyond your comfort zone. Maybe it's doing something you've never done before. Maybe it's letting go of something you've always done. Adventure comes on different level. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, your life is not a summary of your diary appointments. You see, many people assume their life is just the... Getting through Monday to Friday is looking at your diary on your phone, deciding what's already there must be, what you've got planned for the day, because it's already in the diary. But I'm asking the bigger question, the bigger picture, what is the call on your life? 
When you go through scripture, you can pick out dozens of people who were called specifically by God for a purpose. Abraham, Abraham he was at the time, was called by God. It just says God spoke to him in Genesis 12. God spoke to him and said, Abraham, I'm calling you to be a father of many nations. Abraham is in his 90s at that point. He says, how can this possibly be? He laughs in response to God, but he is the father of the Jewish nation. Joseph was called in a dream in Genesis 37. God spoke to him. He said, you know, you're going to be like, you're going to have a position of authority and people are going to bow down to you. Joseph's big mistake, he told his brothers. But he ends up in this position of authority. God spoke to him through dreams and his call was made clear to him. Moses, Exodus 3 was called through a burning bush. A bush was a light as he was looking after sheep and the bush lit up, but the bush didn't burn and God spoke to him. He said, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to get hold of the people who have been enslaved for 400 years since Joseph was there and I want to take them on a journey of freedom to the promised land. Moses was called in this burning bush moment. But um, Nehemiah was probably, for me, a, a much more accessible one. Nehemiah chapter 1, he just had this kind of um, like heart's desire to change something. He knew about his people back in Jerusalem. He knew the city walls had broken down and were damaged. He knew people were desperate and they were uncertain of their future. And he just wanted to change something. And he was a cupbearer to the king. The king saw a look on his face and he ends up resourcing him and sends him to go and restore the walls. 52 days later, the walls are restored because a man with the call of God in his life, because he wanted to change something, got people activated and things started to happen. Peter was called by Jesus both as a, a, a disciple, as we heard earlier, Simon Peter. But later on in Matthew 16, this beautiful moment we'll look at later on this year, where Jesus says to Peter, who do you say I am? And he says, you are the Messiah, the one they call the Christ. He goes, yes, and you are the rock on which I'm going to build my church. And if you're one of Simon Peter's friends at that point, Jesus, that's a bad guy to build your church on because this guy keeps making mistakes. But he said, no, you're the rock. That was his call. You're the one I'm going to build my church family on. And we see it later in Acts. That's what starts to happen. And then the last person I put down here was Saul on his Damascus Road experience. He's there. He hates Christians. He's heading out to kill more Christians and put them in prison. And on his journey to Damascus, a light comes out of the sky and the voice of God speaks to him. Not quite like the Blues Brothers without James Brown. And he speaks to him and he says, you need to stop persecuting me. And he changed his name and a man called Ananias comes along and prays for him and his his sight is restored. And Saul ends up becoming Paul and writes half the New Testament because he responds to the call of God. And I want to say to every single person sitting here today that you have a calling on your life. You may not have a Damascus Road experience, but you have got a calling on your life. You have got a purpose for who you are. God has designed you for a reason. You're not just here this morning by accident. You're here to hear something of God's plans for your life. You are called. Throughout Scripture, some of the books that that man, we've talked about, Paul, wrote these books to various churches he planted. And he said this in Galatians 5, For you have been called to live in freedom. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. Or in Ephesians 4, he says this, Therefore I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. You've been called 
Romans 11, he says, For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. And last one here, 1 Corinthians 1, he says, Remember, brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. You are called. It may make no sense to you whatsoever. You might think, who am I? I can't do these things. I'm not good enough, not great enough, not clever enough. No, we're not. But if we are obedient enough to God's call in our life, we can make a huge difference. But you might say the thing, oh, Tim, it's all right for you. You've got your calling. I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. I'm a bit lost. I feel a little bit like I'm in a bit of a maze. Where do I go? I want to talk today about how do we clarify our calling. And I've got some great news for you. It's simpler than you think. It is simpler than you think. I think sometimes the church and preachers have done you a disservice. They have they've made the thing of this calling of God as some deep mystery. There's something to aspire to, to discover, and it's going to be really hard to find. I actually think it's more accessible than many of us realize. And so today, I'm going to show you, hopefully, um, with the magic and the high tech of a whiteboard. Stuart, could you just grab me that whiteboard? It would be fantastic. And we're going to put some things up on the board to help us understand and learn about how we get our calling and our understanding of who we are. Proverbs 29:18 says this, where there is no vision... The people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. King James Version, we love that. If you don't have a vision or clarity of purpose, you're going to die. There's no purpose. You know, if you have no vision for your life, it will be wasted. It will be wasted. If you have no vision for your marriage, it will always be under pressure. If you have no vision for your family, you can start to drift apart. Vision is really important. Getting clarity of vision. The word for vision in Hebrew is a kazon. Kazon is this idea, it says, it looks wrong, doesn't it? It's like chazown. But I, I trust me, that is actually pronounced kazon. And this is this idea of purpose, of calling, of, of something of God on your life. And uh, do you remember back in September, October time, we did a, a thing about simple church. We talked about how we as a church, as Freedom Church, need to be clear about the why of who we are. And we drew this circle on a board and we said, the outer ring of what we do is the what, is the what people see. We are a church, that's our purpose, and that is our what. And then inside we have another circle, that is our how? How do we do church? Well, we do church by running children's programs, youth programs, Sunday services, connect groups, we run alpha courses. That's how we do church. But the big question is the why. Why do we do what we do as a church? What are we about? We discussed and said, it's because God loves us. God loves you. God loves me. That's why we do what we do. And the question I have for you today is exactly the same question, but it's much more personal. You may know what you do, the job you hold, the role you have, the, the part you play in your family. You may even know how you get through each day. Why do you do it? Why do you do what you do? Why do you get up in the morning and do all that stuff and become that person? Why is it you're doing that? Because when you understand this, everything turns around in its head, as we're going to discover in a moment. Why do you do what you do? What's your zone of life? I want you to understand and see a bigger picture today and the possibilities God has for you and discover this idea of why you are. You know, 
when you want to discover your kazone, here's, here's a, a theory for you. Each one of us in this room right here has got a whole list of experiences, all right? You've got a load of experiences that have taken place in your life, some good, some not so good. You'll have had some uh, stories, a place you've been, uh, things you've done, uh, relationships you've had that haven't worked out or have, uh, family you've got, not got, a place you've lived, not lived, jobs you've had. You'll have this whole load of experience. And everyone's got that. Some of you have got experience you love and you're pleased about and proud of, and others will have things you want to pretend that didn't ever happen because it's been either embarrassing or just not pleasant or something. We all have these experiences of life. The other thing we have, and I'm not very good at drawing circles, I've discovered, um, we have this whole idea here of gifts. We all have a set of gifts. God gives each one of us spiritual gifts. Things that we do by the power of the Spirit. Maybe that is the gift of hospitality. That is the gift of looking out for those in need. Maybe it's the gift of care and kindness and generosity. Maybe it's the gift of speaking in tongues and prophetic words and the gift of knowledge. You may have spiritual gifts that you can offer and there's an overlap between what you do with the spiritual gifts that God's given you and the experiences that you have. And the last piece I want to put on this Venn diagram for the mathematicians, and somebody loves maths in the room today, all right, is this whole idea we all have here, we all have a set of values. There will be things in your life that are really important to you. And you know what they are because the day they get violated, it offends you. Think about the things that really upset you, and you flip those around, that will be the values you hold you know, if, you're, if one of your values is that everyone should be treated the same, when someone is being treated either extra, especially to others, or is being, you know, being dismissed as irrelevant, it grates, it upsets, it offends you because it's one of your values. What are your values? Because when you know these three things, what you have in this area here is your kazone. That is your calling. Uh, that is your sort of sweet pot spot. That's the bit that you come alive where you go, here's all the things I've done. Here's all the experiences I've had. Here's all the spiritual gifts that I carry and I believe that God's given to me. And here's the values that I hold. What is the bit in the middle where those areas overlap? What is the bit that's important to you? And if you want to make some notes of that, that'd be good to do. But if not, I'll be sending some stuff through to your different uh, connect group leaders. You know, we make this calling thing mysterious. But actually, sometimes I think it's a matter of sitting down with a piece of paper and saying, what is it that God has given to me already? What are the gifts that I hold, the values that I hold dear, and where do those things overlap? You know, people often can say to me, I, I say, I really feel called to a, a nation or a country or a place. I say, that's good. Have you learned the language? Oh, I hate languages. I'm not sure you're called to go to another country if you can't even bother to speak a different language. It might sound a little bit harsh. Listen, if God's called you, He's prepared you. If God's called you, he's prepared you. He's not asked you to do something you've never wanted to do, can't do, have no gifts or ability, no desire to do it. God will say, actually, I've spent the entire time of your life preparing for you to be called into doing this. Your experience is not an accident. He uses all things together for good. What you've been through, good or bad, God's prepared you for this Kazone moment. The gifts he has given you is to be used at Kazone moment. The things that you hold dear are to be used at that Kazone moment. Your calling sits ranked right there in the center. And it's not this mysterious one day God might call me. It's God has called you already. It's time to start defining it and preparing your life for that. Got one more thing to show you in a moment. But if you do get to your connect groups this week, and please make the effort to get there, is we've got an exercise that... 
next week. That was close, wasn't it? The following week, you'll remember this talk, I'm sure, and there will be an exercise. It's a really useful exercise called Discovering Your Purpose. We haven't got time this morning for each one of you to go through this document, but there's just a way of helping you put some words around who you are and what you feel called to do. And so please get to your connect groups a week on Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever your group meets, and I'll send around the notes to your leaders to do that. Thank you for the front row reminding me there. Um, discovering your purpose is so important. I've, dis- I've discovered that many people are disengaged with their jobs and their roles. Many people have a particular role and part they play, but they are disengaged with it. They, they do it just to sort of get through the day, to pay their mortgage, to survive. I meet people, I say to them, how are they doing? It's a standard question. People give me two answers. They either go, fine, thanks, which basically means go away, I'm not interested, politely. Or they say to me, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. My follow-up question is this. Oh, what are you busy doing? They can never tell me. And I'll be one of those people. You've had that experience? People say, what do you do? I'm busy. What are you doing? I have no idea. I'm just exhausted. People are busy getting through life. You know, it's amazing hearing Joe and Mark talk earlier about the simplicity of Tanzania and how we've got everything on hand here in this nation. We can ring up for AA and ambulances and so forth. It's amazing with all of our time-saving devices how busy we are, how we've crammed more into our everyday activities. You know, I am busy. We have lots of children. We have lots of friends. We have lots of things we have to do. This fantastic church which is growing and we're leading and other events we're involved with. We can be busy. But I don't feel worn out by my activity because I've got clarity on what I'm called to do. You see, when you're busy and you don't know why you're busy, it's exhausting. You will get burnt out if you're doing a job or a role that you don't feel called to do. It will tire you because you'll be putting your energy into something you don't even believe in. Many people drift through life without any purpose. Everybody ends up somewhere, but only a few people end up somewhere on purpose. We get to decide. Before you were born, God knew you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. He prepared you. He's got a plan for you, a purpose for you. He's created you for a reason. Imagine if you could give your life and live your life every day, fulfilling the calling that God has put upon you. Imagine the ability to be able to do that. Well, today I want to show you a way to live your life every day on purpose. Are you ready for this? Because I saw this earlier this year, last year. A friend of mine designed this model, and I just thought, this is fantastic. It really helped me see the way we see our lives and how we get so busy. It's called the four floors of life. Okay, so I was trying to do a bit more drawing. Here we go. So level one of these floors, imagine there's like a, a skyscraper, okay, skyscraper with four floors. It's not really a skyscraper, is it? A a large house, all right? And on floor one, we have our, he calls it tactics. So this is floor one. We have our tactics. This is about getting through everyday life. This is about your diary appointments, your responsibilities, your job, your needs of getting shopping and getting all your different aspects of life in place. He calls it tactics, getting through life. And everyone's busy doing these things. Time is the new luxury. We all want more time because we're so busy. 
Now, level two is really this sort of time of year. We have our strategy. So t in the sort of um, January time of year, strategy. Okay, spelling was never my strong point. Level two, strategy. And we have this idea of if we could set ourselves a New Year's resolution, we could sort out all our busyness. We could come up with a plan to tidy up our diary. We could sync up our diary using a new app. And then you and your wife will never have clashes of appointments ever again. Isn't that right, Lottie? We sync our diaries. It doesn't really work. Um, but we could find a new way of doing things, get healthy, read the Bible more, exercise more. There's lots of things we could do. We set ourselves strategies so we can try and improve the busyness of our everyday tactics. Level three, and I'm sorry if this feels a bit businessy for some of you, but you'll get there in a moment. Maybe then you set yourself a bit of a vision every five years. You go, right, come on, sit down. Let's have a family vision. Let's sit down and have a sense of purpose about what we're doing so we can understand our strategy, so we can stop from being so busy. We're always exhausted. Let's get ourselves a vision, get some clarity in place and do something uh, that feels a bit bigger picture than just getting through each day. And then level four is what we're talking about today, and that is our calling. What is our calling? What is our purpose? What are we about? Now, here's the thing, and this is the important stuff, because people often say to me, and someone did this week, they said, one day, when I get to this point, life will be better. When the children are a bit older, when I get my new job, my promotion, when I get the house I've dreamt of, when I retire, and so on, People are always looking forward to the next thing. That's, that's where it's going to be sorted. Listen, today is the best day to prepare yourself for the future that God's got for you. If we put things off, they can be tomorrow forever. I've got jobs at home that I keep putting off. And I think one day I will do that job. But I'm telling you, that one day I'm pushing it back as far as I possibly can. And I'm hoping the magic pixies will come along and just do the job for me one day. And we have this idea that one day life will be sorted if we just get through today, our business. And here's the problem. Most of us stand here at the bottom, love my picture, and we look up and we're looking up through all the different floors. And what we see is the busyness of our day by day, our efforts of strategy and vision, and our calling seems a long way off. How can I ever achieve what God's called me to do, my cazone of life, when I'm so busy getting through the diary appointments of the day? You don't understand, Sim, what I've got to do. You don't understand my responsibilities I carry. I can't possibly get to this place. You probably sit around all day, Sim, reading the Bible and praying, and all you've ever got to do is think about your calling. Some of us got a proper job. That's what you're thinking. And the ones who are laughing the loudest, we're thinking that the most. That's how we look at life. But here is how it works. This is brilliant. Are you ready for this moment of brilliance? This is not my model. I wish it was. My friend Paul Blundell wrote this. And he says this, if you stand at the top and you look down, everything changes. Everything changes. Nothing is mundane anymore. Because suddenly we go, right, that's our calling. That's who we are. So we look at our diary and say, that's got nothing to do with my calling. I'll remove that. Or we say, I have to do that, but I'll make sure I incorporate the calling of what God's called me to do into the activity. 
Let me give you an example. You know, I, I believe as, as a, a, a person myself, I am called to encourage people. I want to be an encourager. I want to influence influence. I want people to make a difference and find their God-given calling in their lives. But listen, I could do that whether I'm a church pastor or not. You know, my calling is not to be a church pastor. Otherwise, I'm, like, I'm done. I can tick them off my list. Thanks, God. I'll go straight to retirement. My job is to make a difference in the world that I live. And so every day I get to live out my calling through my everyday activities. See, so when I go shopping, I can go shopping because it's a mundane task that I have to do. Or someone has to do or no one gets fed. Or I can go shopping with a, I wonder if there's somebody today that I can encourage when I go shopping. I wonder if I could pray for someone, speak in someone's lives. I wonder if I see somebody that I haven't seen for a while that I get the opportunity to invest in them, to encourage them, to support them, to speak to them, ask how they're doing. Suddenly, my every day becomes an adventure because my calling, because something that I stand on top of and use that as my filter for everything else. Is this making sense? Otherwise, we'll always be too busy to ever discover the calling God's got in our lives. Your call is accessible, your call is ready for today, and you can change the way you think so your activities become right around your calling rather than the other way around. Your adventure is every day. Everyday adventure. There was a lovely moment yesterday, Lottie, uh, my wife, went uh, to go ice skating with my daughter Flo and her friend Esme. And they went ice skate, they rang up, said their room at the ice skating room, they said, yes, come along. And they went there and it was full, it was too full, there was no room to go ice skating. So Lottie said to the girls, I'll tell you what, we'll go roller skating in Southampton instead, at Mo Rollers. And uh, one of Flo's friends, Esme, who's been going on to um, a youth group with Hannah, and said, that's great. Hannah's been talking about our year of an adventure. This is like an adventure. Now, now listen, you might think that's a really simple example. Yes, it is. But it's so profound. Because when life goes wrong, we often decide to moan, complain. Do you know how busy I am? Or we go, isn't this a great adventure? Now, I'm not telling you that I always choose option B because often I choose option A. You know, when things go wrong, it is annoying, it's frustrating. But it could be an adventure. Adventure is really accessible. Have you ever been on a walk with a three-year-old child and let them lead the way? Um, seriously, try it sometime. Borrow someone's three-year-old child and just say, go on, you walk, you lead me. The things they see are amazing. The time they want to spend digging around the hedgerow is fascinating. But we're so often busy going through our day. We've got no time for that. We have to get to this place. We have to do these things. We have to achieve this stuff and get home by this time. But a three-year-old goes, oh, I just want to go and peruse a little bit. I want to just enjoy. I, want, I, I love all the cold weather. I want to lie in this puddle. I want to do so. I want to get muddy. I want to roll in the mud. And some of us are no, no, don't do that because then you'll get muddy. We'll have to do all the washing and it'll be a terrible thing. Let's enjoy the adventure that God gives us for everyday life. Our adventurous life with God is really accessible. It can be really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated and out there. We're so often busy rushing and getting through our tactics, we stop realizing what God is doing all around us. I feel really, as you can tell, quite passionate about this. Because I don't want to lead a church of people that just exist for their everyday activity. 
It's, it's great you're here today. Thank you for coming. I don't want church to be another diary appointment on your calendar. I want you to have a calling that drives you to do something great with the life that God has given to you. And your attendance at a church community in, in, empowers your calling and supports your calling and encourages your calling, not the other way around. People often say, don't get involved in a church. You get sucked into rotors and you'll be busy and you'll be tired. Listen, it's the other way around. We get to be part of a church community that believe in you, encourage you, support you, pray for you, think the best of you. Why wouldn't you attend a church every week for that? Why wouldn't you participate in a Christian community with God at the center? Why wouldn't you give yourself to those kind of things? Let's not make church another diary appointment. And you might think, well, I don't know, Sim, I've got this job and it doesn't really allow my calling to fully be realized. Yes, it does. You can turn anything round to being a purpose that God's given you. You might think, well, I'm, I'm just an optician. You help people see. You help people see. I'm, I'm teaching, I'm busy just educating children. You've got one of the most amazing opportunities to to invest in 30 young people for a year that they will never forget. Well, I I don't know, Sam, you know, you might be right. I'm just a bin man. I just empty bins. You rock my world. Every single week you turn up and you take a bit late at Christmas, but I'll let you off. But you turn up and you get rid of all my rubbish. And there are no rats running around my house because you take away all my rubbish every single week. Thank you for the part you play in making our life a a, a better place to live, a cleaner place to live. Every single job that you participate in can be turned around for God's purposes. Listen, the why of who we are is about the God who loves us. We talked about that earlier. And our calling is to discover this calling on our life about who God made us to be. That as we respond to his calling and be the person that God's called us to be, then we step into those purposes and we can see something change all around us. We can be an influence to people around us and make a difference, whatever the role we hold. Your role must never define you. The calling God puts on you is what defines you. What you do today is just what you do today. It's just a task. It's a tactic. It's a level one of your four floors. Let's discover what God's calling is. So we can outwork those things for God's purposes. Let's invite the, the worship band up. Um, I've asked them to play out a final song for us. You know, Jesus called each one of us to follow him. Thank you, Stuart. And this call should be an adventure. The life of faith should be adventurous. It should never be dull. Every day should be a fresh adventure. Life should never be mundane. When we walk with God, imagine what it was like for those early disciples not knowing what Jesus was going to do with them, what he was going to call them to do. And this applies to all of us, not just a few of us. This is not something that's for special people. This is for every person here. And can I say as well, please don't compare your adventures one with another. What's exciting and challenging for one person will be too much for somebody else and not enough for another person. Please don't compare what we've talked about before, your chicken lines. What is it you're struggling to do, you're a bit chicken of doing? Actually, for you, that's a big deal. For someone else, that's something they've already achieved or could never achieve. Paul Benger, a friend of mine, says this, The Christian life is not just about atonement of sins, but about reconnecting with God and living with him on a daily basis. This is a relationship with God, not just a tick list. I'm going to heaven, I've got the ticket, I'm going. 
How do we live an adventure with God, to become more like Jesus, to have a restored relationship with God and with each other and the world around us? Our purpose is not just to get to heaven. It's to transform our world, to inspire businesses and artistry and concepts and fashion and ideas and to make a difference in every aspect of our world through the very person God's called us to be. Let's all stand up, shall we? If we're not careful, you see, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can live as beneficiaries, as entitled heirs of like, you know what, the job's done. I'm in. And it's so much more than that. We're called to make a difference. I was so encouraged uh, before Christmas. I got a Christmas card through the post and um, it was from our local town mayor, John Park. He'd written, me, written an email, uh, sorry, I'd written this Christmas card, but he'd written a little note in it. And he wrote this personal note and he said, thank you for all that you do. You are making a difference. We are keen to help you in any way we, we can. And I was so encouraged that the mayor of our town recognized that, that we as a church, as Freedom Church, are making a difference. And it isn't just about what you do, as a, what we do, sorry, as a church corporately. It's about what you do personally. That I believe in a church of scattered servants that makes a difference everywhere you go. Not just about all the corporate activities of our, our food banks and caps and those kind of things, great as they are. It's always about what do you do in the place where you are every day, Monday through Friday, your workplace, your place of education. Not to live as beneficiaries, but to live as somebody who's there to inspire others, to fill their space in the world and to make a better contribution. We've got a, a Vision Sunday coming on the 5th of February. Um, and I want to encourage you to make every effort to be there where we talk about what we're going to do as an adventure, as a church together. We've got plans that we want to do this year that's, a, that's something we've never done before and it's going to be a bit unnerving, a bit out of our comfort zone, but we want to do that together. But I also want to challenge you, what is your personal adventure? What is God calling you to do this year? And to write that down and to prepare yourself for God's plans for your life, to find your zone, to find your calling, to step into something that makes every single day an adventure, because life should never be mundane. Let's sing our final song, and I want to pray together something specifically in just a moment. So over to you, Jim. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.